Welcome to the G-Spot, the podcast that discusses topics relating to sex, dating and relationships with a focus on pleasure, connection and education. I'm your host, Heidi G, sex and relationship therapist, and I believe we are all entitled to a fulfilling sex life and relationships. The G-Spot, the best sex and relationship education you'll ever get. Today's episode is about libido. Libido is another name for sexual desire or sex drive. We all have different libidos, just like we have different personalities and different tastes in cuisines. There are various factors that can affect your libido, which we will get into, but first let me introduce you to my guest. Dr. Megan Martin is a medical doctor in South Africa. She is the founder and director of the sexual wellness platform, www.drmeganmartin.com which focuses on providing do-it-yourself resources for women with low libido. Dr. Megan Martin is an executive board member of the Southern African Sexual Health Association, member of the World Association of Sexual Health Media Committee, and has been nominated as one of Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation's 120 under 40 international family planning leaders for 2019. She has contributed to a book, A Celebration of Vulva Diversity, by Hilda Atalanta, as the medical expert for the project. Dr. Martin has contributed to a number of different radio shows and podcasts, including Voice America. Welcome back, Megan. Hi, Heidi. So great to be chatting to you again. So um, I know that this is one of your um, areas of expertise, libido or low libido, and um, I have to say there's probably not a week that um, goes by that I don't see a client who presents with low libido. It's definitely um, the top two. Oh, really? Like for sure, it's very common. They say there's about one in three women complain about low libido at, at some point during their lifetime. Yes, absolutely. Um, I know that you focus on women, uh, women's health pri- primarily. Um, I see both um, male and female, and I have to say that it would definitely be 50-50 because I also get men who present with low libido as well. Um, and I think um, that there is this stereotype that it's mainly women who present with low libido um, or it's more of a, you know, quote, unquote, woman's problem. Um, yeah. And that's very untrue. <laughs> um, and I can certainly say that from experience, like, you know, professionally um, with what I see. Um, but, you know, because your areas, you know, with working with women, we can focus in, on that, you know, women with low libido and um, I guess some, you know, what commonly presents in your room and let's look at some contributing factors and um, I guess some tips as well. Yeah, no, this is my favourite topic, so I'm super excited. Yes, I mine too. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I think the first thing we need to do is just make sure we understand what libido is. So Absolutely. Libido, yeah, libido or sex drive or sexual desire, whatever you want to call it, is that wanting, that that need for sexual stimulation, that horniness, that 
creates like the sort of brain space where all you can think about is sex. Yeah. And why do you find or why do your patients tell you it's so important? Um, Because I know, and I'm sure you've seen it as well, I have patients come in or clients, as I call them, come in and they're in tears. They are in tears because either they have never had what they consider a high libido or sex drive or they used to have a high libido and they don't anymore and they think that something's wrong with them or they're broken and they're the words that they use. For sure. I also hear my patients or my clients talk about how they feel like a disappointment to their partner or they're scared that their partner is going to leave them, that somehow Mm. it's this deficiency that they have that they can't meet their partner's needs. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. And um, I also talk to clients, if I see a couple, you know, one presents with, you know, low libido than the other, um, there's usually this dynamic of the person with the higher libido is okay, but the person with the lower libido has is the problem and has the problem. Um, even before I get through the assessment, I find that the person with the lower libido says, oh, oh, look, you don't need to ask my partner. Um, I'll just quickly tell you, I'm the problem. I need to be fixed. It's all because of me. Wait, wait, hang on. I, and, and I try to get them to change their mindsets because like I mentioned in the intro, we all have different libidos, just like we have different personalities or different um, tastes in food. And I think that we get influenced by what we feel that we should or what our sex drive should be like um, from media and movies or, um, you know, peer pressure. Yeah, I tend to see the same thing. I mean, we, we're always pathologizing the one with the lower libido. And it's, it's quite interesting. You'll find that the one with the lower libido wants sex three times a week and the one mm. with the higher libido wants sex three times a day and suddenly there's a problem. Yeah. Where for other people, they just want to have sex once a month. That that would be great yeah. for them. It just shows how everyone is so different. And we can't really say that if you have sex once every six months, then you have low libido. It's so difficult yeah. to like put it into a box because everyone is so different. Yeah, absolutely. Or there's um the classic well, my partner wants more sex than me. Like, okay, well, what does that look like? And you know, and they describe what that looks like. And um, the person with a high libido would say, I've stopped initiating sex because I'm sick of getting rejected. Um, so the person with a lower libido says, well, I do it out of obligation or, and this is not generally, but I hear this a lot, um, I, I do it out of obligation or if I were to wait until I feel the desire, then we'd be having sex once a month or once every two weeks. And I find or what I hear a lot of from my clients is I don't really have the urge to have sex or want to have sex or um, I'm just waiting for the desire. It's got to have happen spontaneously, so I'm just going to wait. Yeah, I think it's very good. It's important to make the distinction between For example, firstly, if you're not having sex because you're waiting for the desire to come Mm. or you're not having sex because you're actively avoiding it. Because the one is more problematic than the other. If you're waiting for the spontaneous desire to happen, 
And as you can tell, that's probably not working for you if you're only having sex once every month or so. Yeah. Because you don't understand that most women have more of a responsive desire, that -hmm. they won't feel spontaneous desire regularly, if at all. They require that stimulation and that arousal before they'll even start thinking about sex. Mm. Well, if you're actively avoiding sex, that's a whole different story. And that's got to do with having anxiety around sex. There's more problems in the relationship that we need to look at. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes um, the words that I hear is, I feel pressure or um, I push my partner away when he or she goes to hug me because I feel pressure or um, I feel that it's going to lead to sex. So it's that avoidance thing. And you're right. It's about, okay, let's look at what's happening in the relationship. But I have to say another thing that I hear is everything everything else in the relationship's great. It's just the sex. You know, when it comes to sex, um, there's this big, you know, elephant in the room and we don't talk about it or there's avoidance and like, okay, so let's explore that. Well, it's because I don't feel the desire or the need and then my partner feels that I don't want him or her and it's like, well, that's not the case. I just don't feel like it because we've got kids or whatever whatever it might be. And I guess that's another thing that I do as well. I look at um, the dynamics and I look at what's happening Um in the relationship and in life as well, um, you know, because I'm sure you've heard it many times, Megan, oh, when we got together, it was like honeymoon period, we couldn't keep our hands off each other and, you know, fast forward a year or two or ten years later or whatever it might be, um, life is very different. It's like, okay, so let's talk about life. What does life look like? Oh, we've got two kids and we've got a mortgage and work is stressful and it's like, well, <laughs> let's explore that because those are definitely um factors that can contribute to libido or you know loss of desire so can you talk to that a bit more yeah for sure and like you said the stress and exhaustion from our busy lives they're the most common reasons why women have low libido people tend to think oh it's a hormonal issue you know i need to see the doctor immediately but Mm -hmm. if you really look at it and the studies have shown it's mostly the stress and this exhaustion from our busy lifestyles that are impacting our libidos the most. Mm, mm. And what do you suggest to your patients um, after doing your assessment and then you explore, you know, what life looks like for them and they've got kids and X, Y and Z happening? What are some of the suggestions that you um, recommend to your patients? I like to start firstly with the most, with the basics. You need to make sure that you're getting a nutritious, healthy diet. Are you moving your body every day? Are you exercising? Are you sleeping okay? How are you managing your stress? Because stress is never going to go away, but you can learn how to cope better with it, whether that's maybe trying meditation or exercise or getting a hobby or going to therapy. Mm -hmm. You also need to deal with like – the mental health issues as well. If you have depression and anxiety, those are big factors when it comes to your libido, especially if you're taking medication for those because the medications like the SSRI antidepressants can really affect your sexual desire as well. Yes, you just took the words right out of my mouth, actually. I was actually going to um, mention medications. Yeah, that's a big one. Yeah, so once you have those, those basics sort of covered, What you can do outside of that 
is to understand how desire works. Like we just mm-hmm. explained, most women have a responsive desire. So what does that mean? It means that you need to have stimulation first before you will before you will before you will <laughs> experience the desire. So you need to get your buttons pushed first. You need to make sure you're relaxed. Maybe your partner gives you a massage first. We cook dinner together. Something that can build some connection and intimacy before you head to sex. Because only yeah. when you feel connected outside of the bedroom will you be more likely to get connected inside of the bedroom. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And what I say to my clients is foreplay is not um, what you do just before penetration foreplay starts you know sometimes a few days beforehand you know the checking in with your partner maybe taking the garbage out or um you know listening to your partner and communicating well with your partner it could be the the massages as well as you just mentioned um and like you said outside of the bedroom so I like to call that foreplay and that's what I say to my clients you know what's the foreplay like um, and another thing um, I, I will add there, and I don't know, I'm sure you mention it to your clients as well, um, I like to take um, penetrative sex out, especially if it's been a while um, since the couple has had sex or if the person with the lower libido is feeling um, pressured yeah. um, and look at other ways that they um, can connect you know, whether it's sensate exercises, whether it is the massages, um, just to work on sharing energy and connection and um, feeling somewhat safe or, you know, want of a better word and not feeling that pressure of this has got to lead to penetrative sex. I absolutely agree. I think once you start taking sex off the table and you take that pressure off, you'll actually find that couples will break the rules and have sex a few times during that <laughs> 30 days that they're not allowed to have sex. Yeah, yeah, I um, I agree because I have to say sometimes I get couples coming in going, oh, Heidi, I know we're only up to stage one of the exercises, but we ended up having sex. <laughs> <laughs> it's so cute. It's like I tell you not to do something and then you go and do it. Okay, that's good. <laughs> Um, the other thing as well um, is what I had um, found is body confidence and self-esteem also plays a part. Definitely. I think that also applies to when you go through certain life changes. Maybe you had a baby or you're going through menopause or you put on a lot of weight. Like all of these things can really impact how you feel about yourself and sex. Mm, absolutely. Um Another one that's come up as well sometimes in my practice is um, past bad experiences. Um, in fact, it's come up this week. Um, I had um, seen a couple and I did um, individual sessions with them and um, I'll say person A was saying, you know, we have communication issues and X, Y, and Z. Um, and also, let me talk to you about the sex. I would like to have more sex than what we're having. Okay. Then I talked to person B and person B was talking about sex and um, we were talking about the person's previous partner and how um, person B was actually quite traumatised by, um, by the sex 
Um, it was quite aggressive and violent and even the person used words like it felt like I was being raped. Mm. And um, person B said, um, my partner doesn't know, my current partner doesn't know, but I know that this has affected me because it's affected my desire. I do love my partner and I want to be with my partner and when we do have sex it's great, but just having that desire or that want to have sex is not there. So I guess that's another contributing factor as well. Absolutely. And having sexual trauma, it's so unbelievably common and it's so sad, but it, mm. it can really like wreck your sex life if you don't deal with it and you keep just pushing it down and hoping it'll go away. That's why yeah. therapy and seeing a sex therapist is so important. Absolutely. Yeah, it's so true. And I, I do say the, this to my clients as well. Um, you know, these things, unfortunately, don't just go away. It's about working on it um, so you can move forward and um, have a better understanding as well. And for your partner to have a better understanding as well, um, regardless of what the situation is, whether it's sexual trauma or um, whatever, stress, you know, changes that's happening in the body. Um, it's, you know, it's about facing it. Yep, this is what's happening, having an understanding. And what I like to say to my clients is maybe taking, a, you know, a few steps back. Let's, let's you know, take baby steps now rather than, oh, well, we used to have penetrative sex all the time and blah, 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 blah and I want, I want it to go back to the way it used to be. And what I say to my clients is rather than trying to recreate what used to happen or what it used to be like, let's look at co-creation. Let's look at trying to understand what's happening. Um, understand that we have different libidos. Um, acceptance is also a big thing too. It can be hard for clients. Um, and I'm going to use this. I don't know if you're going to agree with this, Megan, but sometimes I say it can be a bit like grief and loss as well um, because I see how some of my um, clients get so upset. Like, you know, it used to come naturally. I used to love sex or I used to have this want or I used to be like this and now I don't and they get really hurt by it and it's a bit like grief and loss. I think so too but I, I, I tend to think there's more of an outside influence on that. Is it the partner that's making them feel bad do they feel pressured by society that they need to be having sex three times a week? Otherwise, something's wrong with them. Like, mm -hmm. is the problem really with how they feel or how they are being perceived? Yeah, yeah. And like I was saying, you know, about co-creating rather than recreating and maybe looking at, um, you know, what does life look like now? What are the dynamics now? How's life changed and what is realistic you know, we've got two kids, we work long hours, you know, we um, life can be stressful. So maybe reality is that we can only get a babysitter once a fortnight or once a month. And when we get a babysitter, you know, what can we do during that time? Or let's have some quality time together and what does quality time look like? It doesn't always have to lead to sex, but quality time can be something where both couples actually connect so rather than avoid, oh, I don't want it leading to sex or, oh, I'm broken or it's just not going to happen, let's look at how we can actually um, you know, schedule, and I know a lot of clients don't like that word, <laughs> schedule some time together so we can um, connect, so we can have quality time, so we can rebuild. Um, and once again, I will say this, 
um, it's not just about penetration. It's about, um, I think, um, making sex what you want it to be, not what you think it should be or what society thinks it should be. Yeah, and I, th- I think it also ties into this whole definition of sex. What mm. is sex? Is sex just yeah. a penis going into a vagina? Yeah. What about all yeah. the other things you can do? I mean, my definition of sex is anything that brings you sexual pleasure. And under that umbrella can be a whole bunch of things. It can be masturbation. Yeah. It can be watching porn, reading mm-hmm. um, erotica, oral mm-hmm. sex. It doesn't all have to be surrounded about the penis. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned masturbation there. So let's talk about masturbation because. Um, Before we were recording, actually, I was thinking about a client um, that I was seeing and um, due to cultural issues um, or cultural beliefs, I should say, not issues, I should say beliefs, um, because I mean no disrespect, due to cultural beliefs, um, this person was told that um, sex is bad, sex is just for, you know, making babies, Um, this person did not know about masturbation um, and felt that masturbation was dirty. Yet this client came to see me because the client wanted to work on uh, libido and desire and said that when the client had sex with her partner, she she enjoyed it. but I guess there was that sort of guilt because of her upbringing. Mm. And we did talk about masturbation and tried to ease into um, some masturbation exercises and it was quite difficult for the client, um, you know, touching herself and exploring her body and connecting with her body. Um, So, you know, we're working on um, the beliefs there and, you know, various other things. Um, and the reason why I wanted to bring up masturbation is because that's another, um, I guess, exercise that I get to, um, that I get my clients to do in order to reconnect with their body mm-hmm. um, and to try and stimulate their, yes, try and stimulate and get their body used to being turned on again. Yeah, and that's that's a great idea because, I mean, the science has proven the more sex you have, the more you'll want to have it. and masturbation is included in that absolutely i think it's difficult with religious clients for christians example i think the major Mm. problem with masturbation is they see it as maybe that there's too much lust but Mm. i don't agree i feel like masturbation could actually be the cure for lust because what is lust lust is this greedy obsessive like wanting for someone else or something that they have mm-hmm. where yes, you could feel that while you're masturbating, but as soon as you finish masturbating, all those feelings go away. Yeah. But if you had stopped or didn't allow yourself to masturbate, are you, I'm pretty sure you're still going to be having all of those feelings and you won't know what to do with them. And they're mm-hmm. just going to keep building and building. Yeah. Yeah. Um, excuse me the other thing that I hear as well is I don't masturbate because I feel like I'm cheating on my partner that's a difficult one yeah yeah again I think it's maybe working on you know their beliefs around that 
um, and what is it that they actually want, uh, you know, out of well, this is how I work with my clients anyway, well, what is it that you want or what's your goal from therapy um, and sort of exploring that a bit more. But like you said, when it comes to culture, when it comes to religion, it can be a bit tricky and obviously you don't want to be disrespectful but it's about trying to get an understanding of, you know, where those beliefs come from and how it affects them and how we can work with the client in a respectful way. Definitely, definitely. Mm. And I like, like you said, you know, the more sex we have, the more that we want. And it's a bit like a muscle, really. Yeah, um, you've got to build that muscle, right? Um, and in order to get stronger, I kind of use like a, a bit of a gym analogy, right? You go to the gym because you have a goal. And the more you go to the gym, the, the more likely you are to um, reach that goal. Um, and when my clients say to me, well, I'm just waiting, you know, I just want it to happen spontaneously. It's like, well, sometimes we need to give it a, a helping hand. Um, and there's, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, things change in life. Um, and we have discussed, you know, some of the contributing factors that can affect our libido. And, um, it's kind of like that saying, use it or lose it. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, an important point that I want to make is mm-hmm. by, well, let's just say in the beginning of the relationship, like we talked about before, you've got the new relationship energy. Everything is really easy. It feels like it takes mm-hmm. no effort at all and you're just having sex all the time. Yeah. But if you really look back at it, did you really not put any effort in? Did you mm-hmm. not plan those dates and think about those dates and what would happen afterwards? Did you pick out some fancy underwear and made sure your legs were shaved? Mm-hmm. These aren't <laughs> things we're doing anymore. And now we're surprised, mm. now that we've stopped putting in effort, mm. that the sex isn't the same. Absolutely. That's so true. That is so true. Yes. we um, Because the, the focus is the relationship, right? You know, when, um, when it's new, that's what the focus is, the relationship. And we want to give our best. Yeah. And it tends to take priority in your life during that time. But once you get more settled, then you like other priorities will arise, like your job and your kids and things. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And um, sometimes we become a bit complacent. Yeah. I think we start to start thinking of our partners as roommates. Yeah. We don't even kiss anymore. Mm-hmm. So I think the most important yeah. part is to build up that sexual currency or that sexual charge between the two of you outside of the bedroom. How do you relate yeah. to each other on a sexual level that's not necessarily sex, but just in little behaviors that you wouldn't do with your friends or family, like mm. touching their bum in the, in the kitchen as they walk past or yeah. you know, giving them a little kiss on the neck while you're cuddling on the couch? It's the yeah. small things that will add up over time. Absolutely. Yeah, that's so true. And I like that. So just as you're saying that, I've got this big smile on my face. (laughs) My love language is physical touch. So I like all that. Yeah. Um, So Megan, before we finish up, like, do you have any other tips or suggestions or anything else that you'd like to mention about libido? It seems to be such a big topic. And um, like I said at the beginning of the episode, um, I don't think there's a week that goes by that I do not see a client with low libido. 
Yeah, I think we need to get the basics right. I need We need to understand how to not look after ourselves, but look after our relationship as well and make it a priority. Mm. Because mm. somehow sex has landed up being this thing that requires no effort. It yeah. must just happen spontaneously and it must be great. And if it doesn't, then something's wrong with me or my relationship. Mm. Where mm. Everything, in your else t- everything else in your life takes effort. If you want to eat healthy, if you want to lose weight or go to the gym if you want a vegetable garden whatever you do it takes work it takes effort so I I really recommend that couples start having these set date nights do Mm. something every week just to spend some quality time together and it doesn't have to lead to sex but it's about spending time together ideally doing something new together to develop that novelty to get to know each other again and to start dating yeah. I feel like we give up after a few years. Yeah, yeah. And um, I do say to my client, you know, a relationship is something that's living, just like a plant. You need to water a plant. You need to nurture a plant. So you need to keep nurturing your relationship. For sure. So, um, Megan, I, I did mention your um, website um, in the intro, but um, if you want to mention your website again and just some more information on how people can find you and get some more information on low libido and all the other wonderful things that you do. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> so my main area is on my sexual wellness platform, Dr. Megan Martin, and there I try to post really helpful, insightful articles that you can read. And by the end of this month, I'm going to be releasing a mini course for couples that want to get their spark back, which I'm super excited about. It's going to be super cheap, super accessible for people who can't afford sex therapy. It's just to get that first step in the door so you can start working on your relationship. Sometimes you just need someone to hold your hand. But otherwise, Absolutely. you can get me there. You can find me on Instagram at Dr. Megan Martin, or you can send me an email at Megan at drmeganmartin.com. Fantastic. And yes, I have read some of your articles and they are great. Even as a sex therapist, I still find them helpful. So thank you, Megan. <laughs> thank you. And um, and thank you for joining me again. It's just always a pleasure to have you on the show. Oh, thank you so much. I always have a great time. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and follow me on social media at Heidi G Spot and check out the website at HeidiGCounseling.com. Join me next time on the G Spot because the world is a better place when there's great sex and relationships.